Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google slash certificates. Faster my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Mara, Democratic pollster with PSB Research. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the news in politics, tech, and pop culture. Hi, this is Margie, and this week is the Republican convention, and Kristen's on location in Cleveland, and between the two of us, we're going to have a great uh, slew of interviews. We're hoping to get an interview for you every single day of the Republican convention and every single day of the Democratic convention, in addition to our regular show. Uh, And in Philly, we'll both be there, and we might do something fun like a Facebook Live. So make sure you're subscribed, that you're following us on Twitter, that you're following us on Facebook. We're the pollsters on both, uh, as well as our individual uh, Twitter accounts, which you can also find there. And uh, this first interview is Clea Chang from the Intelligence Squared podcast, where she talks to us about their plan to make the debates a little bit tougher. So they're at Fix the Debates, uh, if you want to check out their plan. And uh, stay tuned for more exciting interviews to come and exciting two weeks of convention. Well, we're so excited to have Clea Chang with us from Intelligence Squared US, the podcast. And if folks haven't listened to it, they definitely should. It is such a great show where you can listen to real top-tier experts debate all the important issues of the day. It's really fantastic. So, Clea, we're really excited for you to join us today. Thank you, Margie. I'm excited to be here. So, Clea, you are uh, here to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, which is debates. Um, I was a debate kid in high school. I love this stuff. And sometimes when I watch presidential debates, any kind of political debate, it doesn't feel like what I remember debate feeling like. Uh, It feels a little more like sometimes an opportunity for people to just air talking points on one side or the other. Um, What is it that you are petitioning for uh, in terms of changing how these debates would work? Well, Intelligence Square, just to to put it in context, is uh, is a debate series. We produce a series of uh, public policy debates, and we examine every kind of issue from current affairs to politics through a public policy lens. And we're an Oxford-style debate series, so we're, we're taking this format of the Oxford style, and we're, we're translating it to uh, this modern-day era of media consumption. So, tell, so tell our listeners a little bit about what Oxford-style debate means. Oxford-style is a traditional format of debate. It means that you have segments. Um, you have opening remarks. You have an interpanel exchange. You have closing remarks. 
And what we do is we have a live audience vote. So our audience votes at the beginning um, before they've heard any of the arguments based on what they already know. They vote again after they've heard both teams, um, you know, debate respectfully with civility, um, respecting each other's time, um, chosen time for that opening segment for interpanel um, when the moderator is going to give them some guidance to some questions. Um, and the, the format is, it's really about being able to give a long format, um, give people an opportunity to hear arguments in a long format, um, delve into the arguments and actually get into things with substance. And these are, these are actual, you know, debate uh, mechanisms that we use um, throughout uh, an actual real debate, unlike what you were just talking about with what's become of the presidential debates. Now, one of the things that we focus on on the show, because this show is called The Pollsters, are the polls. And right now, you know, part of the controversy is how the polls are used uh, to get people into debates or to choose who goes on the stage. Uh, that was a bigger question during the primary debates. But certainly, you know, there is a question. Are we going to have three people on stage or just two people on stage? Uh, how does this sort of how does what you're proposing uh, change based on the number of people that are on stage or who qualifies based on the polls to be a part of the debate? Well, you know, I think the Oxford style format can be applied to to a, a number, you know, any number. It doesn't have to be just two people. What we do is we have two teams of two. So we think there's a way of translating this format to any number of participants. It's really about the structure of the debate. Um, you know, right now, the, the format that we're familiar with is seeing a candidate have a question given to them by the moderator, and they have two minutes to respond. The moderator then goes to the next candidate, and they have two minutes to respond. We just think that format falls so flat, you know, that doesn't give any time for nuance or depth or discussion, real exploration of these very important issues. And it actually forces the candidates to speak in talking points and to go back to rehearsed remarks. And they can choose to even be evasive, not answer the questions directly. Um, it's not a format that actually cultivates um, discussion. And we don't think that it's informative to voters. We think it really just reinforces campaign ads. So regardless of how many people are up there on stage, we think that we need a, a change of this format. Now, but I've seen, though, in the primaries, you've had a lot of different uh, networks experiment with the debate format a little bit. So they've loosened up the structure, especially to accommodate the massive fields. Like if, you know, one of the candidates gets mentioned, then they get to respond. And there's discretion where the moderator just kind of, you know, inserts themselves to make sure that folks who are, you know, more top tier end up speaking more. I mean, you saw that kind of flexibility in some of the debates this past year. Do you think, are you not optimistic that the networks will be appropriately flexible? Or do you think that the flexibility is also itself problematic? Well, actually, it doesn't come down to the networks for the presidential debates. Uh, you know, what, what we saw were these huge kind of media circus debates and while they appeared flexible, everything was still comes down to a 30 second response time, really. Um, and you have your 30 seconds and then they'll say the same question to another candidate for 30 seconds. And we just don't think that's going to accomplish anything when it comes down to giving voters an opportunity to be informed about the candidate and their policies. So in the presidential election, it's actually not informed by networks at all. It comes 
account is a group called the Commission on Presidential Debates, the CPD. And it's a it's a negotiation between the CPD, the party, and the candidates with with how they're going to make that format work. So, um, you know, the the CPD in the past has said that the format is you know maybe fifteen minutes to talk about foreign policy, and they'll have questions, and the candidates have literally two minutes um, to respond to the moderator's question, and maybe two minutes to thirty seconds um, to have a rebuttal between those points. And we think it just cultivates those same talking points and they, they don't have to actually go in depth and demonstrate um, the amount that they know about the issue or really go into some more deeper dives on the policies. So do you think, you know, how much do you think this will affect how regular viewers and voters experience the debates and the presidential election? I mean, you know, the reason that, I mean, just to play devil's advocate, the reason that uh, candidates end up resorting to repeating talking points is because that's what people find memorable. They, you know, they maybe, you know, don't, don't want to hear a deep dive. They want it kind of boiled down to, you know, get down to brass tacks, get right to the point. I mean, is there an argument for having, you know, a shorter answers, um, making sure that there's, you know, repetition so people can really, you know, stay engaged and, and, um, and, and get the real bottom line point of what the candidates are trying to say? Well, actually, I think that that, that can still be accomplished in an Oxford style format. So, you know, what we see right now, and especially with the primary debates, what we saw was more of reality TV with with the debates, um, where it kind of was a these gotcha questions for the candidates to catch them off guard and turn it into great TV versus, you know, a real debate. And, and we think for the purpose of the presidential debate, we should come back to a format um, that that gives us much deeper insight into the candidates and what they think. Um, we know this format works actually, and and when you were saying maybe you know people want to get directly to the issues and just you know get to the point already, let's just get a, a a sense of what they what they really believe, and I don't need rhetoric around it and a bunch of explanations. Well, what happens with this current format is it turns into a bunch of personal attacks, and instead of this being about where they actually do stand on issues, which would be informative to voters, you know, it just kind of ends up um, going into campaign ads, you know, getting into personal attacks, there's really no serious discussion of policy. I think you can have the tidy soundbite and the clear perspective and all of those those great things about having to get something into a two-minute message in a longer discussion that's much more insightful um, and would give, you know, voters something to work with. So what's next for your effort? How can people get involved or learn more about it? What do you recommend that people do? Well, what we've done, you know, we've, we've actually presented more than 100 of these Oxford-style debates. And, you know, I think one of the things that would be of, of, of particular interest to the pollster's audience is the fact that we poll our audience. So we actually take a vote at the beginning of the debate. We take a vote again at the end of the debate. And it's not the majority for us that wins the debates. It's the side that changes the most minds. And what we've seen with this Oxford-style format is it actually has the ability of changing people's minds. And over 45% of the people that have attended our debates, you know, over the last 10 years have ended up changing their minds on an issue that they walked in fully convinced that that was the right thing. So um, this, it's, a, it's an interesting format to actually influence opinion. 
and to actually hear what arguments are the most compelling for an electorate. And each one of these debates could be seen in that way. And that's why we, we launched this petition on change.org, because we wanted to give Americans an opportunity to, to you know, say they deserve better in terms of our public discourse. Our mission is to raise the level of public discourse. And, um, and we have this petition you can sign on change.org slash fix the debates and get involved in that. But really, the, the, the greater message is also to, um, to expand what you know about each one of these topics and to get away from the idea that just because we, we are in a media environment that fosters, you know, sound bites and 10 second videos and all of that, um, these ideas do require, you know, more attention span. And that's one of the amazing things about what we're bringing to the table um, as the, the only media outlet bringing both sides together on these topics. How many, um, how many signatures do you think you'll need to get in order to have an impact on the dialogue over the debates? Well, you know, we already have um, almost 50,000. And that's not far after we, la- we launched this petition. So I think that that's actually already um, demonstrating that there's 50,000 voters out there that want to see a real debate, you know, this fall. Um, and in terms of, of, of the more signatures on top of that would be amazing. Um, I mean, we, we're pretty impressed that the petition took off at this rate already. So it's kind of icing on the cake for us to see it be so successful. Cool. Well, great. Well, tell us, a, tell our audience a little bit more about how they can find out, the, find the show, follow the show, um, sign up, sign the petition on change.org. Where should folks go? Yes. Um, well, for our shameless plug, our website is intelligencesquaredus.org or uh, easier, IQ, the number two, us.org. The petition is on the change.org website, which is change.org slash fix the debates. Um, I'd encourage everybody to check out on Twitter the hashtag fix the debates and see just how many people are tweeting about this, talking about this, sharing the petition. The video has millions of views at this point. Um, there's definitely a healthy appetite to see an improvement in uh, in our public discourse. So um, we hope everybody comes to the website, intelligencesquaredus.org. Um, and the podcast is available on iTunes, just like the pollsters. Great. Well, thank you so much, Clea. We really appreciate it. And it sounds great. And folks, definitely listen to uh, both the U.S. and the U.K. version of uh, the show. It's really awesome. So we, we highly recommend it. Okay. Thank you so much, Margie. Thank you, Kristen. Sure. Thanks. You've reached the Holly A helpline. We turn the holidays into Holly A's. Hi, there's only 1,256 hours until Christmas, and we haven't even started our wish list yet. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy has everyone's favorite winter gear, like $5 tees, $10 thermals, $15 sweaters, and $20 outerwear. Time out. $5 tees? Yes, plus thousands of other styles start at 5 bucks too. Amazing cold weather deals are already here at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're going to Old Navy. Turn your holiday into a Holly A. Get to Old Navy today. Valid 1030 to 11.7. Select styles in stores only.